Not much. You, you woke me up to this podcast. This better be a good one. Oh, yeah? No, it's only good if you guys make it good. I'm just here to, you know, spark conversation and um, say all the right things. So um, that's <laughs> why I'm here, practically. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here to Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. We are here on this beautiful, beautiful Monday here in Tallahassee and Charlotte, recording a weekly Here to Spear episode. We're going to talk football. We've got basketball. We've got recruiting. We also are going to answer a question from you guys from Twitter. Um, we got uh, transfers coming from Florida State's uh, side of things, football-wise, and then also Austin has a little bit of intel on a big time recruit. I also have some intel on Florida State's newest defensive back coming from FAU, and I'm going to talk a little bit about him. Uh, we talk about Jameis Winston pretty much telling uh, a former NFL quarterback to F off. Jalen Ramsey is still pretty pissed about the Texas A&M graphic from a couple years ago. Uh, and yeah, we got a lot to talk about. So as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, um, Spotify, I probably already said that. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Hit the subscribe button on every platform. Um, it helps out a lot for us, uh, and it will notify you every time a new episode is released. But let me go ahead and introduce the guys to you, our lead writer and editor, Dustin Lewis, and our lead basketball writer, Austin Vizi. What's happening, guys, on quarantine day 66? <laughs> you have day 69 in our in our doc is it 66 or 69 well i didn't know if i wanted to be like that immature i'll be immature in the end of the episode but not at the beginning all right i'll go with 69 <laughs> of course you will austin what's going on up there in charlotte not much you, you woke me up to this podcast this better be a good one. Oh yeah no it's only good if you guys make it good i'm just here to you know spark conversation and um, say all the right things. So um, that's why I'm here, practically. Austin stayed up till 6.30 in the morning, 6, 6 o'clock? Yeah, 6.15, 6.30. For what? <laughs> so there was a really bad thunderstorm here last night, and the dog Foster was not a fan of it. Oh. We'll just uh, leave it at that. I was just up till 5.30 on my own accord, so I was just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dustin was just up for 5.30 just to be up at 5.30. Yeah, I feel like he does that on the regular. I started watching Westworld. Oh. Never seen never seen an episode before, but I decided to watch the latest episode of the newest season. Why would you do the latest episode? I don't know. I was on TV at 4 a.m. <sighs> I told you. I told you so many times. 
So I mean, many was, good shows for you to watch. Episode. I was just like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, no, you're gonna be your bet. Your mind at that time was like, what's happening? You're probably freaking out. Don't know what's happening. But you never watched Game of Thrones, right? What are you talking about? You watch Game of Thrones? The whole thing. Okay, making sure. I don't know. Times. Well, except the last season. I'm a true fan. So you didn't watch the last season of Game of Thrones? Not multiple times. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm a I'm a true veteran fan here. That's good. Watch it. On. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get started. We got a lot to talk about football, basketball, recruiting, everything. So let's jump right in. Obviously, the big one um, from happening uh, this week or over the weekend, Miko. I don't know how I'm going to say it. I'm sure I'm going to screw it up. But Miko Dotson has transferred from FAU. Willie Taggart land up to Florida State to play his senior year to finish out his college career. Interesting fact here. If you haven't heard, I'm sure you have. Uh, but if you haven't, then I don't, I'm not sure if you don't have internet or Twitter access. But he led the nation with nine interceptions last season. Uh, and is a very talented guy, versatile, ball hawk. Um, pretty much a wide receiver just playing defensive back and it is, has some good hips. Um, and yeah, what are your what are your guys' thoughts on this? Obviously, AJ Litton was left the team after a short couple weeks with under Mike Norvell. But what are y'all's thoughts on this situation? It's nice. I finally have a DB with ball skills. We haven't had that in like three years. Yeah, a defensive back that looks for the ball in the air. Wow, what what a wonder. But seriously, I I did not really see this coming, the the Dotson transfer to, to Florida State. Regardless, though, I mean, taking a look at some of his film, this is a very talented guy coming over to, to Tallahassee from Candyland, Willie Taggart. So Candyland. thanks for thanks for yeah, I don't know. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Candyland have to refer to refer to Willie Taggart. I don't know, it's Monday, dude. Is but it really regardless, Monday? Every day is Monday now. Anyways. Yeah, every every day is, is a day at this point. I didn't even know it was Monday until you said something. But <laughs> with Dotson coming over to Florida State, there's a there's a good chance that he takes a starting spot opposite of uh, Asante Samuel. And, yeah, like you said, Logan, a really good athlete. He's like a wide receiver playing DB. This guy has ridiculous hands, made some outstanding interceptions for Florida Atlantic in 2019, set the school record there for interceptions in a season. So I think this is a, a quality get for Florida State, and I don't think they're done yet on the transfer market. No. We kept talking all preseason how we were expecting guys to transfer out and transfer in. Obviously, with COVID-19 impacting some of that, it changes things. But we're still expecting – I think some more moving parts to come through at some point. Yeah. I got a little bit of intel from a wide receiver that went against um, that went against Dotson every day in practice. Uh, very reliable source, obviously. He says, I asked him pretty much, you know, what is what is Miko Dotson? You know, is he pretty good? That's basically what I asked. And he said, yeah, I'm not going to lie. He was our most trusted defensive back, in my opinion. Fast as hell, strong as hell, great hands, clearly. Better than pretty good. He also mentioned that he's a crazy hard worker. Um, he said, if not our most trusted, up there with the most trusted. And I'd say we had the best set of DBs in our conference. He said Florida State got a good one. Um 
I asked him about why why his intentions were to transfer. Uh, he did not know why, um, but he does wish him the best. He also said, I asked him how he is in the locker room and how he is with teammates, uh, and he said uh, he is he's a great person in and out on the field, off the field. So I think it's a great grab for Florida State. Obviously, I think it's always interesting to see uh, how a person is on the field, how a player is, but if how they are also transferring and coming into a locker room, you know, that can always affect a few things. But it looks like FSU gets a win-win both on and off the field. Uh, uh, but yeah, and 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 FAU had had a good set of uh, defensive backs too. Like uh, my source says, he, he feels like they had the best defensive back unit in the conference for FAU. So uh, obviously, Florida State has upgraded here in that DB uh, department, uh, and it'll be interesting to see once play gets started where he can work into that rotation and where he'll be put at because you got a lot of youngins coming there fighting for another cornerback spot opposite side of Asante Samuel. Yeah, and last year Dotson spent a lot of time at um, the nickel spot. So really he could play a bunch of different roles in Adam Fuller's defense. He fits really well into this scheme, and that, that's a big reason he decided to choose Florida State. Baylor defensive end transfer Deontay Williams – is going to Florida State. He's a legacy recruit. He's a father. <laughs> He's a legacy recruit. Father is Alfonso Williams, who played defensive back in Tallahassee from 1985 to 1988. He's expected to have one year of eligibility remaining, but due to serious arm injury in 2018 that resulted in him sitting out in 2019, he could receive a medical waiver. What are your thoughts on this one, Dustin? Yeah, just. It's more of a head-scratcher than the Dotson move, I would say, just because, like you said there, Williams had a, a very serious um, broken arm in 2018 that didn't quite heal right during his rehab, and I, he came back and had a setback, and that's when he decided to medically retire in 2019, and I believe he, he, he helped out as like a student assistant during the season last year while, while still being out. But now he's decided to, to play again, and he's going to do that at Florida State. Um, he's a guy, I think I think he could be really good as a pass rusher for Florida State. Very athletic guy, good at sneaking around blocks and getting into the backfield to make plays. Got some athleticism. So if he can come back from that arm injury, and, and I mean, we're just going to have to see because, again, it, it was serious. I think that he could be a quality addition to the to the defensive end group. For Florida State, um, we'll just have to see about the waiver. Like you said, Logan, he has one year of eligibility remaining right now, technically, just because of the the five year clock or whatever. But since he missed all of last year and got injured um, pretty early in 2018, I think he'll get that waiver if he does want it. So this is just kind of a wait and see, plug and play guy for me. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, Florida State too is trying to build that defensive end depth but I think a lot of fans and <clears throat> people covering Florida State are just have to wait and see on what kind of product is going to come out of uh, Williams he's definitely still it's just a head scratcher like you said Dustin here's a pretty cool thing that the ESPN showed some love to Florida State uh, showing that uh, Florida State is going to return three out of the top 10 defensive linemen uh, from the interior 
side. Uh, and they ranked Marvin Wilson at number one, Corey Durden at number five, and Robert Cooper at 10. I think the only college team putting Florida State, the only college team that has uh, three in the top 10. So um, they're returning some interior defensive lineman that ESPN thinks is going to be some of the best in the country. Obviously, Marvin Wilson returned, said him and uh, Tamarion Terry said they're going to come back for another year. They obviously easily could have gone and, and went to the pros, but Marvin Wilson decides to come back, and it's showing, you know, a lot of sites, a lot of publications are putting him high up there. But Durning comes in at number five, and even Robert Cooper sneaks in there in, at number 10. Uh, pretty pretty impressive stuff for Florida State's defensive line. And we t- we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, and definitely whenever Marvin Wilson said he was coming back, I mean, and Corey Durden too, there was kind of some speculation if he would have any interest in moving on from Florida State. But we talked about the mob and uh, and how how big this is going to be for Florida State in that defensive line. Those three returning again for a second straight time is going to help that defensive side a lot. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think here you you got to give some credit to Odell, who we love to give love to on the podcast. Obviously, Marvin Wilson was a five-star talent coming out of high school. I mean, this is about where he should be at his career coming back for a senior season. But you look at Corey Durden and, and Robert Cooper. These were both three-star guys coming out of high school who Odell Haggins has developed into some of the top interior defensive linemen in the country. So, I mean, that's more credit to his coaching and how he develops guys. And I mean, people keep saying he's not landing elite talent, but if he's developing them to, to this level of, of play, he doesn't need to land elite talent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Robert Cooper gets in there in the top 10. Didn't you say that Robert Cooper should have been on kickoff return? Dustin, do you feel silly now for saying that? I mean, just just because he's one of the top interior defensive linemen in the country doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to return a punt every now and then. I I kind of agree. Austin, are you, <laughs> are you are you part of that train too? No, I'm not. Okay. I, I, I don't think he should be the Dan Connolly of New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, M- Marvin Wilson is going to be a monster, um, and I think a lot of things. We Corey Durden's up there too. He had a very impressive season last year. I think a lot of things that are maybe question marks are, are in regard to his mental game, per se. Uh, if he if that can be strained and, and he has a full buy-in, obviously with Odell Higgins he already has, but with the new staff, uh, Marvin Wilson and Durden, the, that that one-two punch should be uh, dirty on the inside. And obviously Robert Cooper is one of the strongest on the team with true Thompson probably being the, the just one guy ahead of him. Um, but obviously you're bringing three guys. I mean, I, what, what, what was Clemson in there? Dustin was have any Clemson guys in there. Cause that's all I think about when we're thinking defensive linemen in the college football, I think immediately to Clemson, but then again, they are bringing true freshmen, three true freshmen that are five stars coming in on the defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Year after year, they just reload in the trenches, offensive or defensive. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, not ever. Uh, I mean, you've got these uh, top three interior guys, three of the top ten interior guys in the country. I mean, you've also got to think about those defensive ends. You get Joshua Kando back. If he can stay healthy, I mean, he was a very talented guy coming out of high school. Maybe he finally gets that level. And you also have the redshirt senior, Janarius Robinson, on, on the opposite side most likely, who 
has continued to improve throughout his career. And again, I mean, he's set up for a big senior season, I would say. So there's there's a lot of talent uh, on this defensive line, both the interior and the outside. Then the DBs just got even stronger with Dotson coming in. And I think it's going to pay off to have Marcus Woodson and Adam Fuller giving them some instruction and helping them develop even further into this defense that he's going to bring along. So there's some things to be really excited about about that unit. I would be disappointed if they're not a top 25 unit in the nation. Yeah, no, that would be a supreme disappointment. And I, we talked about this in our no game day chat, just talking about how much talent they're bringing back and – it all depends on coaching. If coaching is just a few steps ahead of the previous staff, the staff before that, Florida State should have a solid, solid defense. Uh, there's just too much talent. And, you know, you still got to figure out and develop those linebackers, young guys, um, and then try to get some good coaching on the defensive backside with, under Coach Woodson. Uh, but if everything clicks and it works out well, I, I think people are pretty – optimistic with Chris Marf. I think a lot of fans and I, even we've talked about him just we're, we're pretty excited to see him coach and see the development rise there so um, I'm, I'm Florida State should bring bring a pretty nasty defense coming into 2020 and we're not even going to say that we don't even know if football's gonna be there football will be here we will have football ladies and gentlemen we will not. Nobody's told us anything or whatever, but we're just staying optimistic here at here, here this beer. We're not going to be depressing. Chill. Don't don't tell don't don't broadcast that from us. <laughs> <laughs> and if we do broadcast it, it's all because of Dustin Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have death threats in your Twitter DMs. <laughs> if we don't have football. Um, here, here's DMs a question. Are now closed. <laughs> here's a question. Would you trade Marvin Wilson? For a developmental offensive lineman from Penn State? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that just seemed, that seems like a fair deal. <laughs> <laughs> what, Austin? This makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, doesn't it? As long as they throw in a bag on top of it. A big bag. <laughs> a gigantic bag. <laughs> no, that was complete sarcasm. That was complete sarcasm. Hopefully... Everybody listening knows that. That's just not a really good deal. Not a good deal. All right, let's see. Jalen Ramsey talks about the Texas A&M graphic. This is what I got listed here on the notes. Dustin put together a little quick article on this. Jalen Ramsey and Derwin James were on uh, on an ESPN show, I believe, right? Uh, and they... The boardroom. With the boardroom. Uh, Jay Williams. With Jay Williams, yes. Jay Williams, I always forget his name. But he was talking about the previous staff under Jimbo Fisher and most certainly Tim Brewster going over there and Tim Brewster tweeted a graphic. A lot of you probably know about it uh, with a lot of the Florida state DBs in there. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was one of them and it was like a recruiting graphic saying, ah, defensive back DBU. Like how many guys have gotten paid and had like all the money at uh, total at the bottom of how much money was, you know, guys were making going into the NFL um, and Jalen Ramsey definitely, I think the day of a couple years ago was pissed off about that. And it was like, Hey, I, I I'm from Florida state. You don't put me in a Texas A&M graphic. Um, and then a couple of days ago, like we were talking about him and Derwin James were on the Jay Williams show in the boardroom, with ESPN and talked about 
talked about it and Jay and Jalen was like, uh, I love y'all, but, uh, Tim Bruce, y- y'all got to kick rocks. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I was from Florida state. If you ain't with state then you got to go kick rocks. So uh, it was pretty, it was pretty funny. I think the best part about it was he said, uh, Bruce was actually a good coach. We all thought he was a good recruiter, a good coach. That might be a stretch. <laughs> he might have, he was trying to maybe be a little nice there. Jalen's never been known to be nice, though. He says it how it is. I mean, he did say that man never taught me a, a DB technique or something like that. <laughs> uh, he did. He did throw that shade a little bit. Um, but I think it's pretty funny. I mean, I mean, there were seven Seminoles on that graphic. Yeah. I linked the graphic in that article if, if anyone wants to check it out if you're listening. But there were seven Seminoles on the graphic. Logan, do you have it pulled up? Let me. Uh, I'm pulling it up now. Let me. We'll start naming off who's in here. It's pretty funny though. Jalen's still pissed off about it. As he should be. Let's see here. We've got. I feel a load. All right. Obviously, PJ Williams is in there. Marquez White. Xavier Rhodes. Jalen Ramsey, of course, Ronald Darby, LaMarcus Joyner, and Terrence Brooks. And it says Fisher's defensive yeah, backs. Fisher's defensive backs. <laughs> Good work, Jimbo. Yeah. So this was back in 2018. So actually not that long ago. So this was in 2018 around this time. It was about two or three months after Jimbo Fisher and his staff made the move to Texas A&M. I think it, Logan. I think the dates on that tweet. I think it was February or maybe March. February, February twenty sixth. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was less than three months after this man left Tallahassee, and he had <laughs> he had the gall to put seven Seminoles on a damn graphic. Yep. For Texas A&M. That's yep. crazy. Yeah. He's a, he was on something. He was on something. I, I think there's a couple other DBs that weren't too happy about it either. I, at least some other guys are under Jimbo Fisher weren't too. Pleased with that situation, um, but yeah, Jalen and Jalen and Derwin were both on uh, on the show just a couple of days ago, and they had to Jalen had to bring that back up, and he, he's still showing his love for Florida State, even though they've had a rough couple of seasons. Man, they once once you go to Florida State, man, they they don't care what you say; they're still going to come after you, <laughs> no matter hey, well, what. Well, at least for the eighth guy on the graphic, they had the guy that uh, Mike Elko coached at LSU before he came to Texas A&M. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a single Texas A&M player on that graphic. No, they didn't. All they have on here, yeah, Kevin Johnson. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yep, seven. Seven nulls. <laughs> I take it back. Kevin Johnson was from Wake Forest, but whatever. How dare you? How dare you? I wasn't looking at the graphic. I thought it was an LSU guy. <laughs> All right, so speaking about another true knoll, uh, and things are getting a little spiced up here in the Jameis Winston saga. Obviously, Jameis Winston is probably not going to be the backup quarterback to Tom Brady. No one's expecting that, really, if they have any smarts. Um, but David Carr... Um, who? <laughs> that's what I was just trying to figure out. David Carr. 
Um, David Carr. So pretty much, Jameis Winston has doing has been training obviously a ton. He's actually lost a lot of weight. I don't know how much weight he's lost, but I've been keeping a close eye on his training, and he has slimmed down a lot. He says he's back to his 2013 weight, which I believe he has slimmed down a lot. But he's been posting a lot of workout videos, um, and then there's a video of him with his trainer. Uh, they're practicing like he's in the pocket uh, with defenders coming at him near his head. Uh, and Bleacher Report tweeted the video. And so David Carr thought that he should just come on in and say a few words to him. Remember, this is a former NFL quarterback. Just like Dustin said, we don't really know who he is. Uh, but he decided to chirp in. He's got a verified account. He's probably on ESPN NFL Network, blah, 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 whatever. Um so here we go. This is what he said about James Swenson. Stop paying your friends to train you. Stop. Get some help. I've been a lot of colla- I've been in a lot of collapsing pockets. <laughs> Never once did I have a defender just flying at my head with a laughing emoji. So now, like reading that, that kind of that would piss me off. I'm I'm a little triggered right here because obviously I'm still in the NFL talking about James. I'm still in the NFL. I'm doing my training. So I'm like, oh, man, uh, that would piss me off, Jameis. So then I didn't really expect it, but Jameis Winston fires back and says, hey, bro, I have nothing but love for you. Reach out to help or mind your business, though. I've been working with my personal trainer since I was 14. We built this from the bottom, and we're still building. Treat others how you want to be treated, bro, with a silence emoji, finger over the mouth, la hater hashtag social distancing and then Jameis provides a clip showing exactly why he was training for defenders coming and flying at his head it was a game against the saints and a defender comes right at his head um, and tries to grab him and Jameis winston ends up avoiding it um, so uh and then david carr responds still not done yet yeah, David Carr has a lot of time on his hands. Seems like ESPN or NFL Network, wherever the hell he is, NBC News 6, whatever. He's got a lot of time. They don't need him on the air a lot, so he's got time to respond. He says, <laughs> you've come a long way since 14, and so has training. <laughs> you've also got a lot more resources at your disposal. Godspeed on your next stop. Um, so pretty much... Uh, David Carr got put back to his place. Um, even when I think Derek Carr, I don't think of someone I'd be really listening to anyways for football or definitely quarterback insight or tips. But uh, what are y'all's initial thoughts on this? Because obviously we all we saw this all rumbling out and firing up on Twitter. And I thought it was awesome. I just can't you know David Carr would take shots at anyone given how bad his career was. I think Austin's about 10 feet away from his mic. He's right next to it. Wake up, Austin. I know you've been up at 6, but can't hear you. Back. Is that a little bit better? Well, it's a little bit better. I just said I couldn't believe David Card would have the audacity to shout anyone out given how bad his career was. How good was his career? Did anybody have have his stats on here? It wasn't great. I have his sack stats. 
<laughs> yeah, the sat- sack stats. Yeah, I said maybe maybe David Carr wouldn't have got sacked so much if he would have incorporated this drill. Mm. He got oh. sacked 76 times as a rookie and 267 times in 94 total appearances. Oh, interesting. And he also threw more I'm just saying, maybe. He did touchdowns. Yeah. Maybe he wouldn't have been on his back so often, like the little bitch he is. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, those Twitter fingers, though. Yeah. And your he, brother, Marcus Mariota, is coming for that job. <laughs> You're not going to be getting paid that much anymore from your brother. Not going to get those wire transfers. Not once he gets cut. No. Uh, let's see here. Uh, so I'm already thinking, so now that you brought that up, Dustin, definitely uh, Jameis still goes through a worse offensive line than what probably David Carr had to go through. So he his time was with Houston, Carolina for a year, the Giants for two years. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl, baby. Never played a snap, but won a Super Bowl. Ooh. Champion. A true champion. Wow. This is a guy that we need to be taking advice from right here. <laughs> I like I, people have a ring. Nope. Oh, does he have a national championship ring as a starter uh, going undefeated either? I'm wondering. I'm just, just wondering. I'm trying to figure that out. Nope, well, he's got back pain from getting sacked so many times. Yeah. Where did he go to college? Let's check in real quick. Fresno State, I think. Oh, Fresno State. Big competition there, ladies and gents. Oh, the shittier FSU. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Fresno State for David Carr. You wonder if he greases his hair a lot. It's got to, right? I just wonder how long it takes me to get out of bed in the morning after getting sacked so many times. <sighs> yeah. I just, it's interesting. Interesting thing here. Godspeed says uh, says says Jameis. I like this. I like this. What? It, like the clip pretty much says, the clip pretty much shows exactly what Jameis is training for. Literally. And I, I don't I don't really understand. A lot of people are getting on to Jameis Winston's training right now because from what I've seen and what he's doing, he's doing definitely things that a lot of not a lot of other quarterbacks are doing. But like I said, he is lost. A lot of weight that he didn't need, which is going to create more mobility for him, which he was already mobile. Obviously, he had to be. It was essential for him to be in Tampa with that disgusting, terrible offensive line. Um, but Jameis Winston's been working his ass off, and he's still having to deal with the rehab. So I think a lot of people are getting mistaken about his rehab workouts and his actual workouts. Um, so, uh, yeah, just David Carr chiming in. Good to hear from him. I think he was put back to sleep. Probably shouldn't hear from him in a little while. First time we heard it from him in like a decade. Yeah. It sucks. Nice, nice knowing you, David. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, Take a like, car home, bro. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. We'll we'll hear we'll hear from you in 2030 again. We'll hear from you. Maybe I really don't want to, but. Uh, maybe we'll hear from you. Recruiting. Any updates recruiting-wise, Dustin? Oh, crap. This is me. Yeah, Dustin Lewis. Um, yeah, we got a couple couple recruiting things today. So, 
Um, a couple weeks ago, Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach put out a questionable tweet that hmm. was a it was like a woman in her rocking chair knitting a, a noose. Yep. To like hang people. And it was like I forget exactly what the text on the meme was, but it was something about after spending two weeks inside with your husband during the quarantine or something like that. It was, yeah. it was a meme tweet, but regardless probably wasn't something that a head coach of a major college football team should uh, tweet out. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for the geographic location. Yeah. Mississippi. I mean, that, that was a big place for racial integration and a, a lot of, a lot of really bad things happened there for for a lot of people so anyway since then leach has gotten a lot of backlash for that tweet a couple mississippi state players have um already hopped into the transfer portal and don't want to play for them after i mean i'm guessing it's not just the tweet but an adding up of some things that have probably happened since mike leach was hired earlier this offseason but anyway FSU is active with Mississippi State offensive tackle transfer Brevin Jones and Mississippi State defensive tackle transfer Fabian Lovett. Um, both these guys were true freshmen last year. Jones redshirted while Lovett actually uh, played on the field. Jones was actually committed to Alex Atkins when Atkins was at Tulane, but decided to go with Mississippi State because it was the uh, more high-profile offer, I guess. But he's been in communication with Florida State. Seminoles haven't offered Jones yet, but they're still just they're talking to him. So I guess they're just weighing options at the moment before they decide to go all in with an offer on him. But they have offered Lovett, who's probably one of the better defensive linemen transfers on the market right now. Last year as a true freshman, he had 19 total tackles, 2.5 tackles for loss and a sack. Um, Some other top programs are in contention for him as well. Um, Florida. There's a couple others on that list as well. List two, I can't recall at the moment, but Florida State active with both of those guys. And then moving on, 2021 four-star quarterback commit Luke Altmaier will be joining Noel Game Day twice a month to write a diary on his senior season up until he signs with Florida State. So I think that should be some very exciting content. We're actually going to put out the first installment of the diary later today, talking about why he chose Florida State. Um, talking about Coach Norvell, some other schools that were contending for his commitment, and who who he uh, tries to model himself after as a quarterback. So excited to see that progress uh, throughout the rest of the offseason and Altmaier's senior year. And then finally, 2022 running back is expected to jump on board soon. Florida State recently offered Kedrick DeBron out of Gadsden County. Um, Gadsden County sounds familiar. It's right down the road. And also current 2021 defensive end commit Joshua Farmer plays at Gadsden County as well. But, yeah, we're expecting DeBron to join Tribe 2022 soon. Uh, David Johnson actually extended the offer. This is what he said about getting the offer. The FSU offer is big time for me because I'm a huge FSU fan and my family are all FSU fans. When I got that call, we celebrated, but Monday it is time to get back to work. I'm very excited. I thought about jumping on it because FSU is where I want to be, but I also want to take my time and make sure. So, yeah, expect DeBron to join this class soon. And, yeah, that's, that's just a couple updates from recruiting. Sweet deal. Awesome. I'm interested to keep an eye on that Luke Altmaier diary segment that 
you and Nate have put together. I think it'll be pretty interesting. I think it'll get a, a pretty cool inside look, definitely at a at a quarterback coming to FSU. But yeah, shout yeah. out to shout out to Noel Game Day head of recruiting Nate Greer, who landed Altmeyer for this diary. He's done some really great work for us uh, recruiting wise since joining Noel Game Day earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Recommend checking out some of his interviews on the site because he's always got great insight and great quotes from a lot of the top recruits around the country. Yep. Yeah, exactly. He tries to stay ahead of a lot of other outlets, too, so he's doing a great job for us and definitely appreciate him being on board. And so I keep on calling him Nate the Great. I think he hates that, but I'm going to keep on doing it just to piss him off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's jump into some basketball stuff. Obviously, like I said, I was telling Austin he needs to wake up because he had a pretty good article out from last night regarding recruiting, too. Um, he's got some insight on a five-star which you will get to here in a moment. Uh, but y'all run through a little bit of basketball, and so I can get these, uh, you know, hear the spirit trivia ready for you guys and ask some hard questions for y'all in a couple minutes. Well, first up, we'll start with the guy who's actually committed, uh, Quincy Ballard, the seven-footer from Quality Education Academy in Winston-Salem, originally from Syracuse, uh, New York. It's kind of a guy that came out of nowhere. Dustin talked last time we didn't want to waste scholarships on a guy that was just going to be at the end of the bench and didn't play. Once Florida State offered him, NC State offered, Syracuse offered, Maryland offered, uh, Cincinnati offered. He's a very athletic rim-running big man who can block shots. He averaged 16 points a game, 10 rebounds, and 6 blocks per game last season. He's still likely going to have to redshirt, but uh, he's got a ton of talent, honestly. Um, Again, it's this guy who came out of nowhere and committed to us Saturday. Uh, What are your thoughts, Dustin? Yeah, I watched a couple clips of Bollard, and I, I think he's a high high potential big and another good job by Florida State to identify a talent that's kind of running under the radar. I think, I don't know if this is correct, but I read that he grew from 6'5 to 7 foot in a year, which, if true, that's that's insane because he's obviously still growing into that body and, and figuring out how to play basketball while having that much more size on him. I mean, seven more inches. But when I was watching his film, I thought he had soft hands under the basket, did a good job of of looking at his teammates and and catching passes and and going up quickly, whether it was dunks. And then another thing that he did, he he almost reminded me of like a guard that was posting up because he wasn't always trying to go for the dunk. He would post up and just take the, the little floater over the top and just get the touch to to make it drop. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see him. I don't know if he'll play next year for Florida State. There's a guy that's going to need some development. But considering what the big man situation is currently going to look like for 2021, I think it'd probably be smart for Florida State to try and get him in, maybe not on the conference schedule unless you're blowing people out, but at least in the non-conference schedule. Let him get some experience at the college level because you're going you're gonna to need some experienced guys in, in 2021. It's not all about this upcoming year. Yeah, like you said, he's got really soft hands for a big. Um, I don't think he was 6'5". I think his junior year he was 6'8", which even still four inches is a huge growth spurt this late in someone's development. Um, like you said, he's still playing. He's still learning how to play at his 7-foot size, and he's going to need that year of development to learn how to play effectively at his size in the ACC. Um, he seems like a really quiet kid, which kind of concerns me. I've watched a few interviews with him. Um, the center is the most important position in Florida State's defense. They're the one that's directing traffic from the middle. 
even though it's still a man-to-man, they're the ones shouting out ball screens and how the guard at the top should play the ball screen so they're not turning their head and getting beat. Um, I, I think he's he's going to need a lot of room to develop. I don't think he'll touch the floor this year unless they don't land one of their other targets, which we'll get get to here in a second. Um, he's I think he's going to need that redshirt year. It's going to be a lot like 2016-17 where we had Fiondu Kevin Galley redshirting, but you still had Michael Ojo, Jarquez Smith, and even John Isaac to play at the five if he really needed him to. Um, and we all know Coach Hamilton loves having three bigs out there that he can rotate and not worry about them getting in foul trouble. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something, Dustin. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Moving on, one of the top talents in the 2021 class, Musa Chise, who visited Florida State, and it was March, right, Austin? No, he was there for the Notre Dame game on January 25th. Well, it wasn't March. So Musa Chise was in Tallahassee in January to, to watch Florida State take down the Irish, and what was a really exciting game. Um, but anyway, cut down his list to the final 10 He's likely to reclassify to 2020. Austin, you want to provide an update on his recruitment? I know you've been talking to some people ever since he cut his list down, and it seems like Florida State has a good shot here. Yeah, he cut his list down to 10, and he's. it's been a very interesting recruitment with him because it's kind of been one of those everybody knows but they won't say that he's going to reclassify kind of things. Um, the reason Florida State's been so quiet on the transfer market is because they're very confident in their ability to land Chise right now, the three favorites seem to be Florida State, Memphis, and LSU. He did transfer from New York to Memphis to play high school basketball this past season. Um, he's got a great relationship with a lot of the Memphis players. He follows about 75% of the Memphis team on Instagram. Um, but Florida State's been, they've still been working with him. They still want him to come. Obviously, the reclassifying situation is difficult with entrance exams being pushed back or canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, but Florida State's still very confident that they can get him, which I think is why they went after a developmental big like Quincy Ballard, because they know they can register him while still getting three bigs. She says 6'10", 200, 200 pounds. It's a really, really athletic guy, great rebounder, great shot blocker. His offensive game needs some work, but when you have a guy that's that athletic that can play the five, you got, you got another Malik Osborne, basically, but he's a lot more talented, and that's that's special. Um, for his other two schools, Memphis is going through investigation right now from the NCAA after Penny Hardaway paid James Wiseman. LSU is under FBI investigation for paying players. Um, it's looking pretty good for Florida State. That That's what I've heard from multiple people, not just one person, but a few people that are around the program. Yeah, and that'd be a heck of a grab for the Seminoles if Chise does decide to reclassify. I think in your article that you wrote, Austin, you said if he did reclassify, he'd be ranked one spot behind current FSU signee Scotty Barnes. So that would be two of the top 10 players in the 2020 class coming to Tallahassee. Um, It would be very exciting. I mean, this is a team that's already bringing back a lot of talent, a lot of experience. And really, I mean... It was the same thing this year. They're missing that that dominant 
guy at the five. Uh, we'll see what Balsa Copervica can continue to, to develop into. But if you slide Chise into that five spot, you've got a very versatile lineup that you're looking at. Yeah, you're looking at five guys that are all between 6'5 and 6'10 in your starting lineup, which they're all going to be super athletic. They're all going to be able to switch one through five. They're all strong guys. No one's going to bully this team next year, even if Chise doesn't come. Um, but the athletics, John Martin, who works for the Memphis side of the athletic, said some around the Memphis program are confident that Chise will end up there. But there are also a few that are more skeptical, noting that's different circumstances than Wiseman. Wiseman was talented enough that he could afford to miss games because he's got so much offensive potential at seven foot one. Plus his size, he he had great defense defense potential as well. Chise has a lot to work on offensively. Defensively, he's one of the best in the class. But he's nowhere near where he needs to be offensively. He can't afford to miss the entire season and play just three games like Wiseman did. He needs to show NBA scouts that, hey, this is where I am in my group. My progression, I can be taken high. If he were just to go to Memphis and the same thing happens to him, there's recruiting violations that come out. He misses the season. He would probably go in the second round, which is crazy considering he's a top 10 prospect. But that offensive game is just not there yet. He needs to develop that. And honestly, going to Florida State would be perfect for him to develop that game. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with, with LSU. We'll see what happens there. But, uh, man, what was that? what was that show called? I know what you're talking about, but I didn't watch it. I can't remember the I can't remember the I know name of it right now. Yeah, but it was the the documentary on on all the corruption in college basketball and the investigations that have been ongoing for past couple of years. And they had a clip of of Will Wade talking about paying players and saying that he would pay players. I don't really know how all that stuff works out when it comes to the NCAA investigations, but. I mean, he was caught blatantly talking about paying guys and that he'd paid guys in the past and that he was hoping this upcoming deal would be easier than the past deal that he did and all this all this stuff. I was I was really surprised that that was recorded. I think it was uh, the, the Christian Dawkins guy who was now working with the FBI, I believe, on the case uh, as like an informant or something like that. But the documentary was very interesting. So I'd be worried about LSU as well if I was Chise. I mean, some damning stuff in that documentary. Yeah, and that's that's something I noted in my article, which you should check out on nullgamedia.com. Um, there's a lot of little nuggets in there about his, his recruitment situation. Um, hmm. But yeah, well, Coach Will Wade was even suspended towards the end of the 18-19 season. He would return, but everyone's, everyone around college basketball is still waiting for this FBI case to drop, where all these subpoenas coming from, where yeah. the court case is coming from. Everyone's expecting it to come late summer, but with the coronavirus and COVID-19, it, it, it might be pushed back. I, I don't know. Might it's get swept under the rug. With college basketball. I mean, you're still probably. looking over at, at Sean Miller at Arizona, getting away from Chise real quick, but Sean Miller at Arizona has pretty much been exposed to be dirty, along with Will Wade, and nothing. Yeah, and Bill Self at Kansas, too. Yeah, I mean, college basketball is pretty much telling you pay pay players. I mean, whatever. Yeah, and that's just the way college basketball and, honestly, college football recruiting is these days. College football has been caught like this, but basketball is more of a one player can change your entire team thing, so it's more blatant. But 
It's going to be interesting. One thing to note with Chise, he's currently AAU teammates with Florida State commit uh, Bryce McGowan's for the 2021 class. So there's some familiar familiarity there. Um, and obviously, he's he's another guy that has come from Africa. He got a handler, came to the States. Coach Hamilton's had success in the past working with these handlers. You got Chris Kamaji, Michael Ojo, Solomon Alibi. The list goes on and on. And that, that obviously has to factor into the relationship as well. Some very good insight from Austin Vizi. Definitely go check out that article on CSA. Uh He did a phenomenal job on that. So definitely <clears throat> it'd be interesting, man. It, it, I, whenever you are talking about it, it just shows the development in the last couple of years of what Florida State's basketball program is turning into. Definitely when you're talking about landing two top 10 guys. Man, basketball school is there. And I think it might be here to stay for a little while, hopefully, or for a good while. Yeah, and it's also... I should say, uh, once Chisei visited, like he didn't take men, he didn't take any interviews afterwards. But I was I was told he was surprised by how much he loved the visit, and he wasn't expecting to love Tallahassee and the environment as much as he did. And he can't visit LSU because of the coronavirus and everything that's going on there. He can do he can do virtual visits and FaceTime and Zoom and all that, but it's not going to match the experience of one of the best atmospheres that Tucker Center has seen in the last 20 years. Yeah, exactly. He picked a good time to come see what the tuck has really turned into. And, yeah, and real quick, let's do let's do an interjection with some breaking news. Yeah. So Florida State, Mike Norvell just put out a tweet, a commitment tweet. Um, we don't. It's not completely confirmed yet, but he put three five two in the tweet, which is the Ocala area code. Florida State is pursuing a couple players from Ocala, namely. Um, three-star center Jake Slaughter, who has been a lean to Florida State ever since his visits this offseason. Uh, most recently was on campus in March for junior day. But Slaughter just pulled the trigger. He'll be the first offensive line commit of Tribe 21. Uh, Florida State looking to get two centers in this class. So this is a great way to start it off. Real quick quote from his visit in January. He said, I spent time with Coach Norvell and Coach Atkins in their offices just for a little while, Coach Norvell was telling me to find the right fit. I think FSU seems to be a good fit. He was saying he wants me in the class, but to take visits if I need to see other schools, they need a center. This visit was a really, really good business trip. And he also talked about Coach Atkins and his relationship there and how they broke down some film and how Coach Atkins was showing him what he's doing right and what he needs to work on. And he said FSU was emerging as a leader following the visit but he didn't want to make a list at that moment. But it seems like now's the time, and Slaughter's went ahead and pulled that trigger. He's going to join Tribe 2021. Like I said, Florida State has their first offensive line commit of the class. This is really big because, like I said, <clears throat> Florida State going after a couple guys from the Ocala area, which includes one of the top offensive tackles in the country and, and four-star Caleb Johnson, who's an Auburn lean at this moment. So we'll just have to see Slaughter and Johnson have a really good relationship. And then there's also Garner Langlow, another offensive tackle on the same team. And earlier this week in, a, in an interview with Tomahawk Nation, Jake, or Caleb, yeah. Caleb Johnson said, Jake and Garner are great dudes. I would love to keep playing with them when talking about playing together in college. So Slaughter pulled the trigger to Florida State. We'll have to see. How that continues to go with these other two guys. 
Yep, this is now confirmed, confirmed, because he just tweeted it seven seconds ago. This is why you listen to hear the spear. Come on. You get instant reaction. You get instant reaction to commitments. You get inside info on five-star basketball prospects. I mean, what what else do we need to do? What else do we need to do? I'll read out uh, Jake Slaughter's commitment note piece he wrote first. I would like to thank God, my mom and dad, all the coaches I've ever had, and my teammates and buddies for helping me make this decision. Without all of them, none of this would be possible. I'd like to thank my dad, Coach Lane, Coach Johnson, and Coach Bensick in particular for helping me with my technique and overall becoming a better young man. I would also like to thank every other coach university that put time into my recruitment. With all that being said, I'm beyond blessed and excited to announce my commitment to Florida State University. So Coach Atkins, Coach Norvell, Dillingham, Get an offensive line commit in that center position. He is ranked Harnico Harnick from Nolganabe.com. He just tweeted Florida State lands the number six offensive uh, center in the country. So, yeah, really good, good really good grab for Florida State and Alex Atkins. Yep, gets his man that he wants. So uh, let's see here. What do we have next? We've got, we think we've run through all the topics. I think we're down into here the Spirit FSU trivia region. If you gentlemen are ready. Yeah, I think we're already down there. We've kind of ran through these pretty quickly. But only have this question or no? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me run through this question. Sorry, I've got like, I've got like 30 tabs going here. So a question from CFB Knowles asks, does Miko Dotson start next year in your opinion? What do you guys think? I would say yes, because he's got the experience and he's got the ball skills Florida State's looking for. Um, and that spot next to Asante Samuel is wide open. Um, obviously, we've, we've penciled in Akeem Dent there, but he's technically moving from safety from last year, so it's up in the air. I would say yes. Yeah, like Austin said, I, I think Dotson will likely start as well. Um, it'll give some time for the highly rated true freshman Demory Tate to mature a little bit before stepping into that starting job. And then also there's Travis J. So I just think the experience with Dodson coming in is going to be enough for him to earn that starting role. And I mean, man, some of those skills he flashed on tape, he's going to be fun for Florida state fans to watch. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and say over under over five interceptions next year. Oh, Wow. Mm, I think it's also important to note that experience is especially handy considering they're missing all these practices and workouts because of the coronavirus and they're not on campus. So having a guy that's already played three years is huge compared to these guys that have played one season or not at all. Yeah, I from what I was told to, I think it helps too uh, from my guy that played against them and practiced against them and, and obviously has a ton of respect for him. Don't really know why he transferred, but uh, maybe he wants a better chance at maybe getting a ring. I don't know. He wants he wants to get maybe get his name out there a little bit more. Obviously, maybe not a lot of us heard about him until he was coming to Florida State. So obviously, you get your name out there, you're coming to a bigger university, um, and you know you still have two young guys. Uh, you know we talked a little bit. You know Becker's still out there, Fagan. But then you got two youngins in there. Travis J. already was not going to be able to compete during the spring due to an ankle injury. Uh, and then also uh, Travis J., who didn't see the field at all last season, he's going to be coming in. He was obviously going to have wanted to have a promising spring and start getting into that rotation and compete. Uh, and we, we heard that he was moved down to corner at the start of spring 
we only had three practices, uh, only one day of pads, but still he was moved down the corner. So I think he's most certainly going to go get into that rotation no matter what. When you got a guy coming in there leading the country in interceptions, you don't keep him on the side of the field. He's going to get in that rotation. I'm sure he will start a few games. I don't know if he'll start in Atlanta against West Virginia, uh, but maybe two plays after he'll be in there. Um, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see, and I think I think it creates good competition back there, and I think Woodson's got a, a solid defensive back uh, that has uh, a lot of upside, and he's a ball hawk, and like we were talking about earlier, we all agreed on you got a wide receiver on the defensive side and who's a ball hawk, which Florida State has lacked in a lot of ways. There's been so many interceptions. There's been so many drops that should have been interceptions in the last couple of seasons. Uh, but yeah, you got to find a guy that is on the other side of um, Asante Samuel Jr., who we think is going to be one of the best corner, or from my side, I think he's going to be one of the best corners in the country. You got to find somebody on the other side, and I think it'll create just a better competition, definitely for the youngins. Uh, but you got a good guy coming in that's also very respected in the locker room, very hard worker from what I'm told. Um, and so, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good stuff. Let's see here. Let's jump into some here the Spear FSU trivia. Are you boys ready? We're still going over. We're still. Depends. Is it multiple choice? No, no multiple choice. <laughs> Dustin is only. Able to get through college through multiple choice. Is that correct? That and a lot of Google. <laughs> and Quizlet. <laughs> and prayer. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, so we're still going through the awards. I, I'm learning a lot through these award things. So um, we're going to still stay in this awards theme uh, this week. So I'm going to go through the quarterback uh, category, though, this time. So I don't know if we've already done that. I don't think so. But uh, which quarterback out of Florida State, and there's only one, I'll give you that tip. There's only one. Which quarterback won the Manning Award for the best quarterback? Chris Winkie. Five seconds. I'm, I'm saying Jameis because Winkie was there only two years after – Peyton Manning was in. Oh, Archie Manning. But I'll, but I'll, stick, I'll stick with Jameis. Uh, He's going to change his answer because I said that. That's crazy. Not going to change. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Who would it? Could it? Could it? Uh, most Drew Weatherford. Drew Weatherford. <laughs> I I'll, just, I'll just stay with Chris Winkie and take the L, bro. Whatever. I won't change. <laughs> Damn, this is going to be a quick. <laughs> all right, James. All right, James wins. No, that was way over the eight second mark. <laughs> no, not for me. I'm timing it right here. That was only 7.9 oh, seconds. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, the answer is Jameis Winston in 2013. Woo, I got it right. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> We'll keep it going. This is pretty short, so we'll keep it going. Wow. If I lose, I'm going to be mad. Let's move on here, ladies and gentlemen. So, another award for the best quarterback. This is the Kellen Moore Award. Which two quarterbacks? We're now there's two quarterbacks. Which two quarterbacks won this award? What was the name of the award? The the Kellen Moore Award. And y'all have eight seconds. Jameis. I would say Jameis and... Uh, maybe EJ. That's yeah. That's where I was. Jameis and EJ. 
the Kellen Moore Award for the best quarterback coming out of Florida State, 1991, Casey Weldon. 1993, Charlie Ward. What? How does that make any sense? Yeah. Kellen Kellen Moore played played at Boise State. State. (laughs) It must have gone under a different name. That was Kellen Moore Award for the best quarterback. I'm confused. Hold on. Yeah, I'm... Says, that doesn't make any sense. That's what uh, it I'm is. Really confused. It is the Kellen Moore Award is a college football award given each year to the nation's most outstanding quarterback, as determined by the Touchdown uh, Club of Columbus. It was. It's which is awarded to the nation's top passer. It is different from the Sammy. Bog Trophy, which is awarded to the nation's top passer. Yeah, it used to just be the Touchdown Club of Columbus Quarterback of the Year Award, and it was renamed after Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. We, we got finagled, Dustin. That's messed up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, I didn't see that coming. Y'all are learning. I was also like, how did EJ win an award? Yeah. That was my thought, but now, <laughs> now I'm wondering, how did AJ McCarron beat James Winston? Because I just had to look it up. Oh, uh, I'm sure... Uh, he won a lot of things that he shouldn't have won. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what? Shout what? out Chest Hat McHandoff. <laughs> Shout out to what? Chest Tat McHandoff. Oh. McHandoff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next question for you guys. Obviously, it seems like y'all need to learn a little bit more. This is a Sammy Bach trophy for the best passer. There's only one quarterback that FSU has been able to win this and achieve this award. Which quarterback is it? Wait, say the award one more time for me. Sammy Ball. Sammy Ball. Sammy Sammy Ball. I'll go Charlie Ward. What are the answers from you, Austin? Winky. You, Dustin? I already said it. Ward? Yep. Beth Passer. Best passer goes to. Oh wait, I got it wrong. Chris Winky in 2000. Let's go. The best passer. I wasn't been... paying attention. I was trying to send this tweet out. So. Oh yeah. Excuses, excuses. Dustin's hard at work. He's hard at work getting this out. Doing a good job here. Are uh, y'all ready for our last segment of the night or day? Our terrible, disgusting dad jokes. Like I always remind everybody, this is an explicit podcast. Yeah, I, got a, I got a good one. <laughs> yeah, this is an explicit. I'm, I'm keeping mine clean today. I think I'm keeping mine clean too, unless something pops up here. But I think I've got mine. Um. <laughs> oh man. Um. All right, I'll go first. You guys listening? Yep. All right, so I was attacked by one, three, five, seven, and nine. The odds were against me. I knew where that was going. (laughs) (laughs) All right, right, Austin. For me. Um. Let's do. 
what do you call a marathon for pastors? Oh, Found Reverend. The Reverend? Yeah. Okay, Reverend. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine will make you guys laugh, hopefully. Oh. My wife just completed a 40-week bodybuilding program this morning. It's a girl and weighs 7 pounds and 12 ounces. Not laughing. <laughs> what? I tried. <laughs> Did you try, though? I mean, it's bad dad joke, bro. This is a weird one. This is from, like, literally, this is on Reddit. This is from 14 minutes ago. What do you call a color infection? Crayola virus. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that too soon? Oh. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Is that too soon? No, it's not too soon. It's just bad. <laughs> wow. Oh. Um, oh, I got it. Keep going. Reddit's got me. Okay, Reddit's got me. Um, I'm going to go to a similar one that someone had last week. It's not the, it's not the same, but it's similar. Hmm. What's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a bike on a tricycle and a well dressed man on a bicycle? I don't know. A tire. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh <right>. my god. <laughs> Dustin, can you say something disgusting? No, this one's this. not this one's not disgusting. Oh. A man walks into a pet store and asks for a dozen bees. The, cur- the clerk carefully counts 13 bees onto the counter. That's one too many, says the customer. The clerk replies, it's a free bee. <laughs> uh, I think you should have said it at the end. It's a freebie. Instead of free bee. Yeah. You <laughs> screwed it up. Uh, what do you call boobs made by Apple? Oh, we're still going. Iraq. Dang it. I was close. Uh, wow. Wow. Um, uh, he's de- Austin's in his tender DMs. He's got to see what he's using. <laughs> 24 hours. I'm, I'm, I'm still in my document. Oh, uh, God. Document. Jesus. Document. He's got a document. For this, Dustin, you don't remember him? It's on my phone. Yeah, so um, you can the copy and paste, literally. To okay. the t- what do you call a Jewish reggae artist gang member? All right, I'll give you guys a bad one next. Oh, hey, you got to listen to Austin. Say it again, Austin. What do you call a Jewish reggae artist gang member? Gang member? <laughs> I don't know. Jumanji. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Right, uh, finish this off. Yeah. It's okay if your phone autocorrects. Fuck to duck. You're still using foul language. Oh, my God. Duck. What? 
L as in F O W L. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God, help me. Or we can do this one. My boss hates when I shorten his name to Dick, especially because his name's Steve. That's a dad joke. Steve Dick. What? You're saying these so quickly. It's taking me a while here, buddy. All right, here's another one. I've just watched a documentary on marijuana. I think all documentaries should be watched this way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a dad joke. I think that's a true story. Whoa. Oh, Jesus. Okay, wow. Awesome. <laughs> people. Uh-oh. Quarantine has changed Austin. I'll, I'll, I'll end mine on a really corny thing just to make everybody hate me at the end here to end it off. Uh, my Italian friend didn't die. He passed away. Oh, that's... <laughs> I've heard that one. That's a... Uh... Do you want to beat, beat the shit out of me? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Jeez. Starting off on a good note on this beautiful Monday. Unless y'all have anything else to say, I think we can pretty much end this sucker off. Anything? Any comments? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, make sure to check out twitch.tv slash nolgameday. And check out my latest article on nolgameday.com. Yes, make sure you go check out Austin's article. Um, And then also, regarding twitch.tv, I haven't put out the tweet yet, but I'll be doing my IG show. I did one every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. That's going to be moved to twitch.tv slash nolgameday. I'm going to have a lot of content for you guys. It's going to last an hour. Um, Now that we have a lot more time, Maybe I'll be able to bring on some guests and whatnot. Uh, but twitch.tv slash nullgameday, we've actually reached affiliate status, so we can do a lot more with it, with the channel. Uh, I appreciate you guys going and chiming in and watching Dustin's gameplay. We also did a couple of some gameplay uh, watch parties. I think we're going to do some more of that, definitely basketball-wise, in a couple weeks. Or in the, and hopefully this week we'll do one. Uh, we got a lot of content coming for you guys over there. Uh, Twitch.tv, if you guys don't know what it is, it is a streaming service, so you can download it on your phone, iPhone, Android, and you can watch a stream with our webcams. You can see us. We're going to talk. We can also put game film. We can bring guests on. Uh, we got music on the background, just all kinds of stuff. Uh, and hopefully you guys will come and hang out with me on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., if not, go screw yourself. No, I'm just kidding. I'm playing around. But, uh, yeah, definitely check that out. And we're also trying to do a lot more with Twitch and streaming-wise while everybody's in quarantine. Uh, we might do some recruiting roundup for you guys weekly with maybe Dustin and Nate. Um, and they'll answer questions for you guys. And also, we want to do some watch parties. And we might actually bring Here the Spear onto Twitch and record live for you guys so you can see our screw-ups and our mistakes live, which would be really awesome. So people can clip that and really expose us which would be phenomenal um so yeah a lot of cool things coming to our twitch channel um we're trying to keep content going for you guys and got a lot of graphics a lot of articles a lot of recruiting so yeah stick with us hopefully we'll get through this quarantine make sure you wash your hands so we can be in Doak campbell stadium and we can actually be in atlanta too to watch florida state take on west virginia so please wash your hands don't leave unless you have to uh or dustin lewis will come and attack you and you don't want that (laughs) yeah i guarantee you just need a slight little jog everybody and you'll get away from them whoa
I've been working on my cardio, bro. I've been going from the couch to the office to outside <laughs> to the couch. Yeah. What do you do uh, outside? Going to your car to get Whataburger? <laughs> only only to break curfew. Jeez. <laughs> uh, 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 yikes. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely time for us to end off the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, unless you're uh, David Carr. So. <laughs> we don't care if you listen we would actually suggest if you don't listen uh, but yeah thank you guys so much for listening it's a bad uh, dad, dad joke to say I hope you get in a car accident <laughs> okay yeah we need to end this if I can mute Dustin I would um, I'll just but I didn't know if that qualified that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a little rough that's a little tough um, you said it already mature content I mean <laughs> that, yeah, you could be investigated after this no i didn't you could be investigated for what that threat that was pretty much a threat that was kind of like a you know i didn't say i'll make you get in a car accident david carr you you're kind of hoping he gets into a car wreck that's not a threat that's just a wish God, we need to end this as soon as possible. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can always listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button everywhere. If you leave us a five-star review, we will shout you out on the next podcast. I know I didn't do it this week again, but I promise I'll do it next week. We'll shout out like three of them. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Spear. The guys' Twitters are below. We will see you guys next week. Hang in there. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you on twitch.tv slash this week. See you guys. Bye.